0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
1: per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Brought was us by Buy the Yard Maintenance-Free Outdoor Furniture. Time for the holiday gift card promotion. Visit buytheyard.net for all the details.
0: There. Ho,
1: ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Great <laughs> folks down in Jordan, Minnesota. We've got great folks here in the studio on the forum of Julie Weisenhorn. Uh, good to see you, Julie. Thank you. I see, Carl to is see here you, too. too. Yeah, nice to Carlos Carl. is here, yeah. And uh, we have uh, uh, cleared the line, so uh, if you have any kind of a Lawn or Garden question for Julie, now is your chance by phone, 651-989-9226, or send a text like some folks are already doing, 81807. You know, I was thinking... As I was looking at the uh, forecast uh, of near 40 today.
0: Yeah, if you haven't put your Christmas lights up, there's your chance. Well, you know what I this was thinking <laughs> of? If some of that
1: uh, snow disappears, I might be able to get some dormant seeding done. Can I? Is it I too think,
0: late? I think you probably could. Okay. Yeah, I All think right, you good. probably could. Because the whole point of that is you don't want the seed to germinate, so right. it's not going to germinate at 40 degrees. So.
1: Yeah, here it is almost uh, Christmas time. Uh, yeah, one more chance. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. <laughs> uh, you guys, uh, the for those that are regular listeners to the show, know that you you're a member of the Abiders as yes, well, yes, right? Yeah. And you have a when's your next gig? Hey, we always like to find out.
0: We are playing New Year's Eve at Surfside and Mound. Uh, we just played there a couple of weeks ago. Had a great time. Actually, it was just last week. Had a great time. Uh, Dan Zelmer and his staff were amazing. And uh, yeah, we'll be there New Year's Eve. So come right. on out and bring in the new year with All us.
1: Right. Excellent. We'll mention that again before you guys leave us today. What you know what can people do? I'm thinking uh Jim Gilbert a week or two ago mentioned uh, some folks are already getting seed catalogs in I the mail. Am, yeah, I'm getting them at work and at okay. home. Yeah. Is that Tossing a sign out of spring or, recycling my or is old that just ones? a wish for spring?
0: I think it's just marketing at this point. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs>
1: if truth be told.
0: Though, though buying seed early is a good thing to do because a lot of times they run out of it. Ah. You'll you'll go to find your favorite seed and it's sold out. So All right. Um, so it not doesn't You know, it's a good idea to to order Mm head plus if you're looking for Christmas gifts or holiday gifts for people. Nothing is greater for a gardener than some kind of, you know, cool tool or container or seeds or flowering plants or whatever. So there's lots of options there.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking too, as you mentioned that, that By the Art has planters made out of that
0: material. That would be great. Yeah, You could put them right out right now and put some (laughs) greens in them. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, That would be great.
1: Uh, text number is 81807, and you know, uh, if you were familiar with the show, we have lots of text messages that we sometimes don't get to because right. we run right. out of time. So don't wait. Send uh, Send your text. Please tell me, Texter says, if I can start pruning my apple trees. I have a lot of trees and run out of time if I wait too long.
0: Yeah, it would be best to wait until March or February. End of February would be great. You want to wait until those plants are completely dormant. And also, the later in the season... Uh, as we start to warm up in the spring, then the plants can actually heal up quickly before, you know, they, they're prompted to heal those wounds before uh, we get into the growing season when they have to be putting a lot of energy into actively growing. All
1: right. If, by the way, I'll mention it again. If you want to call in and talk to Julie yourself, 651 989 Again, text number 81807. Dexter says, can you talk about growing microgreens? I want to do something to get me through the winter. Tell us what that is. You've talked about this before. Oh, yeah. So
0: microgreens are what they sound like. They're actually the young, very young, uh, Mm -hmm. first few leaves of uh, some of our favorite greens. And there are kits you can buy to grow microgreens. But you can simply uh, buy some seed-starting mix and uh, a a tray, a seed-starting tray, Um, You could also recycle things like yogurt containers and other things too, but a tray is really easy because you can just sprinkle those seeds on the top of that uh, seed starting mix after it's become damp and dampen it and then cover them with uh, a cover of some kind that's clear and plastic. You can buy those. They oftentimes come with the seed trays and grow your own greens and then harvest those. There's a lot of good information online about that. We don't have any on the extension site yet that I know of, uh, but you know who's to say we won't yeah. this year coming up but um but that is a um that's a really great thing to do in the winter, particularly when you're looking to supplement your diet uh with some greens and like the the texture says it gets them through the winter,
1: yeah. Uh, You know, you mentioned the website. Let's talk a little bit about that for new listeners who maybe have not had the chance to check out that great resource that you guys put there.
0: Yeah, so extension.umn.edu has gone through a major facelift, and we are adding content all the time. In fact, Jeff Hahn, our extension entomologist, and I just posted a new publication, a new webpage called Managing Insect Pests on Your Indoor Plants. So everybody who is curious about how to prevent insect pests – how to detect them, and then what to do about them, should pick up that, uh, go to that website page and uh, just go down to find a plant and look at underhouse plants. And it's uh, under household pests. So it's a, it's a really good, I, I have to say, it's a really good publication. It's a lot of good information. We worked very hard on thinking about the kinds of questions we get on the show and the kinds of questions that Jeff gets as an entomologist and kind of putting that together so that we have good information for everybody. We also have a good poinsettia publication, too, for those who are growing poinsettias or might buy one or get one this year for a gift. So uh, that's another new publication as well.
1: Now, is that the preferred pronunciation of that plant? Well,
0: that's the way I say it. Yeah, poinsettia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Poins- poinsettia. <laughs> yeah, it, they
1: both work, I guess. <laughs> I sound, it 8, sounds prettier. 81807 for your text messages <laughs> to Julie or or call us, 651 989 9226. Let's see a round, a small. I have a round, small cactus house plant that's brown on the bottom one third. Is it over or under watered?
0: That's probably overwatered. Okay. Yeah. So cacti really need water very infrequently, once a month maybe. Uh, and you should be sure that you're planting those in well-drained soil. And and they do actually sell soil mixes that are cacti soil mixes. So uh, they have a higher level of sand in them. And they drain very well. And you also want to make sure that your container drains well. So look at that container. Make sure it has holes in the bottom and that you have a saucer underneath it or that you're setting it in a sink to allow it to drain. Don't let that plant sit in any kind of water. And that, that's true of all house plants. Don't let them stand in, in water.
1: Do micro, Getting back to the microgreens, another text says, have as many nutrients as older growth.
0: That I don't know, uh, but I'll tell you what. They have more nutrients in them than when you don't eat them. So uh, yeah. the, so it's not going to hurt to eat them. Um, take a look online about different kinds of microgreens also, and, and some of those seed catalogs probably have them in there as well. The seeds are really small, which is why it's good to just sprinkle them on the surface and allow them to uh, germinate on their own.
1: Very good. Yeah. Hang, hang on, Julie. We'll take a quick break here. We'll have more show to come. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on A3OWCC. If you have a question for Julie, call it in, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. I'll get to the phones, Julie, but somebody wanted to know what the heck is going on, the oh, text did, goodness, at the yeah. Arboretum this time of year.
0: Wow, the yeah, Arboretum is awesome. And in in they, what way? Well, they have the winter lights display on right now, so if you wanted to go a little bit later in the evening, and wander around. The lights are so cool, and oh my gosh! Inside, if you're there during the day, inside it is everything. Every surface is decorated. It's amazing. Well, I think about the weather too. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, weather it's for perfect that. day. This weekend is going to be a great day to be out there. A great weekend, and uh, and certainly the hiking trails are open. You can walk the three mile drive. You can't drive it. It closes for the winter, but you can certainly walk anywhere at the arboretum. And it's just a beautiful place to be at this time of year. You see a lot of wildlife.
1: Well, too, and I, I think, and I mentioned this to Teresa last week, what a great thing to do with family and friends yeah. visiting for the holiday. It's a great right, place to right. take. A and Great don't, outing.
0: And don't forget to stop in at the gift shop because they've got so many gifts there, not just for gardeners, but for anybody who likes plants.
1: All right. Excellent. Back to the phones we go. Mary Jo is calling, I think, from Monticello. Uh, go ahead, Mary Jo. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Morning. my call.
2: I have, was given some daffodils last year and got when I was time to get them in the ground. I was sick. Okay, and I didn't wasn't able to get them in. Now am I, Are they uh, wrecked or
0: so? These are bulbs that you received and you didn't have a chance to plant them this fall. Right. Okay. Well, in the past, I would have said uh, sorry can't do anything about them but you can do a couple things. Okay. One thing is you can pot them up in a in soil in a, in a nice size pot and you can force them, which means that you are going to put them into a cooler spot like in a refrigerator or a garage that is maybe 50 degrees, 45 degrees okay. and simulate uh, a cold period, simulate winter for them. And that uh, it's called vernalization. And that uh, causes the plant, when you take them out, it prompts the plant to bloom. Uh So that's one option. If you don't uh, want to plant them now, but you want to give it a try, for example, if you don't have a container or room in your fridge or the right place, you can store them in a bag in the refrigerator and uh, usually a plastic bag that maybe has a little bit of peat moss in it, uh, just dampen, dampen it a little bit and... um, And you can try to simulate winter that way and then plant them in the spring and see if they will bloom. No guarantee, but you might be able to kind of fake them out that they're going through winter in your refrigerator. Now, Uh, one thing about Narcissus bulbs is they are poisonous, so you want to keep them away from food completely. If you have an extra, like we have a garage refrigerator that we store, you know, extra milk and things like that. But if you bag them up, and you put them in a drawer or something there where you don't have food touching them. That would be um, probably okay to do.
2: Okay. Then you just put them in a plastic bag that's got peat moss in it yeah. and a little bit of uh, moisture yep. in the refrigerator. Yeah. I think
0: I could do that. Okay, great. That. Give it a try. I've never tried that. I've, I have some in my refrigerator in the garage right now that are potted up, and I'm forcing them. So I'm going to pull them out after the holidays, maybe around February first, and put them in a sunny window, water them, and uh, and see if they will bloom, and hopefully they will. But I've never tried it when they're not potted up. So uh, but I did read that on uh, I was doing some research for our Forcing bulbs publication on our website, and came across that idea for from one of the bulb societies. so oh. yeah, from one of our actually from the Daffodil Society, from one of our uh, members there.
1: Mary Jo, thank you for your yeah, question. Yeah,
0: thanks, Mary Jo. Good luck.
1: 651-989-9226. If it's easier, send Julie a text, 81807. I'm as always amazed, like some textures when you, you, you see what these squirrels can do through the snow. <laughs> yeah, they, they find yeah. stuff. Uh, through the snow. They're now. pesky tex- critters. Now, texter <laughs> was wondering if the 40-some dirt holes in my yard are oh, caused yeah. from the squirrels digging for their buried acorns. The yard most looks like likely. a bombed-out field, and I'm worried my lawn will be destroyed.
0: Well, you're going to have to do some pry repair on your lawn in the spring, and that is most likely from them. I saw the same thing this year, uh, just the other day on campus. And the weirdest thing, and what really caught my attention, is in this area where the squirrels have been digging up were a million robins.
1: You know, we've been getting reports yeah. on a lot of uh, people it's having like a, a lot. Uh, and I think Jim Gilbert just told us that, that uh, some stay here some don't. Right. But we're getting a lot of reports. Yeah, of, and uh, they
0: were all, I think they were probably picking away at whatever was, you know, the squirrels had dug up the soil. And now the robins were taking advantage of that, so they're opportunists at this point. Opportunists, good
1: word. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Texas eight one eight zero seven. Uh, should we, Texas, be feeding the potted poinsettias <laughs> that we have in our house, or only watering?
0: Uh, watering them right now. They're they're coming to you in some pretty darn good soil, and so you don't need to feed them at this point. Um, but you can go ahead once they start to drop off those bracts. Now those Colored areas that we call the petals are actually bracts, and they're a modified leaf. And the flowers are the little tiny kind of insignificant yellow centers to the poinsettia. That's actually the blooming part of the plant. So once those bracts start to fall off as they age, then you're going to want to start to do a little bit of just mild fertilization, about half strength of what's recommended on the container, and the important thing with poinsettias is, is to be sure they're draining really well. They like to actually dry out a little bit without wilting. So if they came in a foil wrapper or a pretty pot and they're potted a pot within a pot, then take them, take them out, take out the, you know, it's in a nursery pot, take them out of the foil, take them out of the second pot and set them in the sink and let them drain really well. And then put them back into the decorative pot or uh, the foil if you want to. But a lot of times people just keep watering it and, and then they're sitting in this water. And it, as I said previously, that's one of the biggest problems with house plants is they sit in water.
1: I want to ask you something. What's nice about having you and your colleagues here is I can, I can get great information now that <laughs> listeners ask, but then I get to
0: ask. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: mentioned this to Teresa last week. I think I mentioned it to you too that uh, I, I put a couple of, in the, what would you call them, can lights in the, uh, the house. Right. We brought in our, our Meyer lemon tree.
0: Oh shit. Sure. and I
1: put the the this. Thing. It is unbelievable what the I don't know what kind of light that is. These grow lights they're not cheap. So you
0: put grow lights in your can lights?
1: Yes, but they're lined up just and that's it, this, pretty cool. Now how what what?
0: You got mood lighting too. Mood, that's right. Now
1: what kind of soil? I mean, should it remain moist in a Meyer lemon tree or?
0: Uh, well, Meyer lemon trees—they're they're trees, so they're woody yeah. plants. So they take up quite a bit of water. Okay. So the important thing is to feel the soil before you water it. And if the top few inches are dry, then you can go ahead and water. Uh, what about feeding down a little bit? With uh, they want to be fed with an acid, uh, a fertilizer for acid-loving plants. So they like a more acidic soil. Mary mm. Meyer and I were talking about this just yesterday at our department potluck, and we both have citrus trees, and we were talking about how do you keep that container soil uh, keep that pH lower, especially when you're watering with house, you know, right. the, the tap water, which is usually a little harder, a little alkaline, and so you can buy um, acid-loving plant fertilizer. Muracid is one of the brands, or other kinds too. I
1: bought a bag of citrus fertilizer.
0: C- perfect, yeah. that's perfect. And then you can just you can feed it every uh, at about half strength every time you water it. About half strength. Yeah, okay. half strength. You don't want to burn it. You don't want to make it too, you know, fertilize it too much, but you want to just, uh, uh, you know, just about half strength is a good recommendation.
1: I'll tell the watering lady at home
0: <laughs> There you go, said. Sandy, I you okay. hope you're listening. <laughs> That's right. Uh,
1: I tell you what let's do. We have to take a break. We have another half hour of the show. If you did not get in either by phone or by text and you want to ask Julie your lawn or garden question, by all means, call us 651 651- 989 6 Again, the text number is 81807. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCU. brought to us by Buy the Yard. Maintenance free outdoor furniture. Good folks down in Jordan, Minnesota say it's time for the holiday gift card promotion. Visit buytheyard.net. You'll we'll get all the details there. We appreciate their business. Uh, fog and mist 22 is our CCO temperature reading. Julie Weisenhorn in from the University of Minnesota Extension, answering your questions yes. by phone and by text. If you want to talk to Julie poisonly, uh, call her 651-989-9226 <laughs> or send a text. As you can see, Julie, a lot of folks just find it easier to send send a text. Uh, it is the way. 81807. <laughs> Why don't you grab some for us here?
0: All right. Let's see. Uh, let me take a look. Somebody is asking about uh, transplanting a Persian violet. That is still in the original pot. I believe it is time to replant it into a bigger pot. It is the only plant I've received that I did not kill, quote, unquote. I love when it blooms twice a year. How do I do this? Is it? It's in a small pot. Now it says 12 fluid ounces on the pot. Uh, it, is it only an indoor plant? How large will it grow? Thank you. Wow. A lot of questions. So I'll first refer you to our African Violet publication, which I wrote last year. And that includes information on how to transplant and how to also water African violets. Because of those fuzzy leaves, they'll oftentimes get leaf spot diseases if you allow water to sit on them. Or if they're in a, a bright window, sometimes uh, inadvertently the light can actually uh, damage those leaves. So transplanting, though, uh, it, it could be time to go into a new pot, uh, though they do, like, they do well in smaller pots. Uh, it's not hard to transplant them. And uh, and I don't know how big and an, uh, your particular violet will get. There are lots of different kinds of violets, so you'll have to take a look at that and and maybe check a um, on the African violet uh, web pages that we have. We have an African Violet Society here in the U.S. and and uh, they have lots of good information, really good information, and they have great videos too that can be helpful as well. So uh, so the in the question about how, uh, is it an indoor plant? Or an outdoor plant, it is only an indoor plant. Um, I would not even really recommend, and and I might get pushback on this a little bit. I would not even put them outside in the summer. And the reason for that is because if we get a lot of rain, they can actually become quite waterlogged, and you may not get around to, dra- you know, uh, emptying out those pots or or uh, keeping them from getting too wet. And these plants do not need to be very wet. They actually. Uh, just a little bit moist is is great for those plants. They do like humidity, so you can set them on a saucer with some pebbles and just put water in that, and that allows humidity to reach the leaves a little bit as well. But take a look at the publication because I think you'll be able to see some pictures and then also get a little bit more detail than I can give you online.
1: If you want to call in your question, your Alana Garden question, 651-989-9226. Text is one. 807. That seems to be a popular method today. What else can you find us there, Julie?
0: Uh, lots of questions about uh, somebody asks about their balsam Christmas tree. And uh, boy, this is a question for a tree grower, mm. like a balsam Christmas tree grower. Uh, does a Christmas tree drink more if some of the lowest branches are cut flush to the trunk, or does it only get hydration from the bottom trunk cut? Um, boy, I am going to say it might get a little bit of hydration from those bottom cuts, but you know they seal up pretty quickly. And if they? they go, if the water drops below those cut branches, they're going to seal over with pitch. So uh, and then they won't take up any water. That's one of the problems with the cut trees is that they, if they do dry out, which a lot of times they'll drink a lot at first or absorb a lot of water at first, um, but then they dry up and and they seal off. So. Uh, and you're not going to undecorate it and cut a new cut and right. all that. So, uh, but there are ingredients that you can add to water that help to keep that uh, cut open. And those are, you know, Christmas tree uh, specialty products. So you can uh, look at your garden centers for those. But I would talk to a Christmas when you go to cut a tree is yeah. talk to the Christmas tree grower and ask them. They are a knowledgeable bunch of folks. So um, they also said asked um, that the balsam is. Uh, drinking well, but why doesn't it smell? Oh. And I do not know that answer.
1: Well, we have this past I'm week. I'm sorry. <laughs> a lot of the shows, some of the shows here, maybe they do it on television too. Are, you know, what do you like? Do you like the artificial tree? What What kind of tree are you going to get this year? Yeah. And we have the argument going back. Well, not argument. Their opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, a tree. Oh, we love the smell. And then people say, yeah, but I'm allergic to the stuff. In oh, the, really? Yeah, oh. The, uh, what it, it is. The dust and mold or whatever. Whatever, yeah. Be. Yeah. But, it doesn't uh, sound good. A <laughs> moldy Christmas tree. It doesn't. But uh, hey, you know. I think
0: also sometimes with the Christmas trees is if your house is cool, which is great for prolonging sure. the health of the plant or the freshness. It sometimes at sometimes will um, it won't be quite as fragrant. Yeah. So all right, let's go back. I'm to not the, sure
2: about that.
1: Let's go back to the phone six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Kim is calling from Fridley. Kim, you're on with Julie.
2: Hi. We Hello. have a shrub. It's a, I believe it's a pine shrub or whatever. The normal shrubs like you would have in your yard, it's just <laughs> small. And the back of it, this is our third one, and the back of it keeps dying.
0: The back, and, of, okay.
2: And so we called where we got it from, and they said, just go ahead and trim like off the dead stuff, and then it'll grow back. Well, I did that two years ago, and it, yeah, it's,
0: it hasn't it grown back. back. No. What is it What is it backed up to?
2: It's not backed up to anything. Okay. It's like, like
0: two feet from the house. Okay. So it's a foundation plant. It's along the foundation of your house. Correct. Do you have along that foundation, is there a dryer vent or nope. anything near it? Is there a recessed window? Is there? Nothing. Okay. So then I would say that it's probably dying from lack of light oh. and it might be too close to the house. Well, it's about two, two and a half feet from the house. Okay. And it's just the back, yeah. Okay, then
2: I. Um, hmm. At first, I thought it was our dogs, but the dogs pee on the front, not in the back. <laughs> so
0: okay, um, Sorry. so maybe I didn't to put that on the radio. But. Yeah. So what? Which direction is is what side of your house is it on? What does it face? It's on the west side of the house. Okay, so the west side is really intense light, and that house absorbs heat oh. and reflects that light back, and that okay. could be causing that. To dry out and okay. to, to brown up. Mm-hmm. Um, what to do? What, it would be nice to know which plant it is. I'm, I, I know. I, I imagine I, it's, hey, a, it's a dwarf.
2: What did my husband just call it? Is it a U? It? I said I'm going to
0: call it. It's a dwarf spruce. Dwarf spruce. Dwarf, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A dwarf. A dwarf spruce. So I think um, one thing I would look at is: are the needles dead or are the branches dead? And you can do that by take a gloved hand and just run it along the dead needles. The All brown needles? In the back.
2: Like I'm looking right. at it right now. But is
0: the but are the branches mm-hmm. actually dead or are the needles dead? There's a difference. The branches
2: are dead because if you touch them, they'll just snap right
0: off. Okay. So in that case, I would also look at how that plant is, is planted because it could be that that root area mm-hmm. is uh-huh. in a really rocky, dry uh, type of soil that's along your foundation. Okay. And that happens a lot just because construction, when the houses are built, uh, the fill comes in, and it's not a real. It's not a very good growing, you know, type well, of fill. sand. Yeah, it's sand, so it's drying yeah. out a lot, and uh, and that plant may just not be a good plant for that location. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's
2: funny because we have one mm-hmm. on the on the north mm-hmm. the northeast
0: side, right? And it's fine. Right, but it's the north e- northeast side. That's true. Yeah, that and so true. it's cooler, yeah. and it gets morning sun, so it's getting enough light, and that western side of the house could just be too hot particularly on that back side of the plant. All right. Yeah. You've done you've
1: done the detective work.
0: <laughs> I hope that was helpful, but I would say that I would uh, maybe in the spring is choose something else uh to grow there and not choose an evergreen maybe choose something that's a blooming plant perhaps.
1: Okay. Thank you, Kim.
0: Or a, maybe a juniper. Juniper is a pretty. Happy top.
1: holidays to you. Thanks for the call.
0: Yeah, thanks for the call.
1: That was 651-989-9226. If you want to call in uh, your your question for Julie, or send a text eight one eight zero seven. Marge is next up, calling from Brooklyn Park. Marge, you're on CCO with Julie.
2: Hi, Julie. This Hello, is Marge. Hey, Marge. Um, I have a beautiful, big peace lily. Yes, and it's doing very, very well. Except it just started to lose. That it's getting brown on the tips.
0: Okay. So uh, you are watering this with tap water, I bet?
2: Uh, yes, but I let it
0: sit. Okay, that's good. And it drains well?
2: Yes, it should. It's in a nice big pot now. I'm it.
0: Okay, uh, and, and does that pot drain? you let yes, it drain it, out well? Okay, It
2: does drain well.
0: Good. So peace lilies have a sensitivity to fluoride. And uh, so water from your tap, which is treated with... I don't know if I have the last three letters correct, but they're treated with fluorine or fluoride. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I'm not a chemist, but um, but they are uh, they're sensitive to that. So what I would recommend is to start treating it with uh, distilled water, or you can buy. You know, you can go to the grocery store and you can fill up your jug of water with reverse osmosis water. That's pretty reasonable. Have. Yeah, too, pretty yeah. 60, 69 yeah. cents or something like that, or thirty two. I don't can't remember. But anyway, um, so I would start watering it with that. The other thing uh, about uh, plants that have these long leaves and have long veins in those leaves is that sometimes in those tips of the plants, fertilizer salts can collect. So if you're fertilizing that peace lily, uh, maybe back off on that and fertilize it every um, maybe once a month and uh, and also, I would switch to a, a a water that is not tap water that would not be treated. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, reverse osmosis. That that yeah, would be a good, RO water is good great. way to do
0: that. Yeah, and it's not hard to uh, come across.
1: Uh, you know, as you know, Julie, when we mention creeping Charlie, it's always somewhat of a joke. <laughs> yes. But no matter what time of year, and when do we start getting messages about uh, uh, can you grow? Uh, can I grow creeping Charlie? Where can, can I buy seed? That was or, that was a couple weeks. Ago or when it's good I was here. in a salad. Uh, <laughs> we're not right. endorsing well, eating we, it <laughs> we have another one that says crushed and made into a paste creeping charlie reduces swelling from any kind of rash
0: my goodness it could be because it's a mint that's true you know mints you might want to try an experiment and do that with like a peppermint and see if that helps too <laughs> okay that might right. be a clue but We've, i don't uh, yeah we don't condone that But no. that's very interesting all right. Good good info, listeners.
1: We'll save that for the medical show tomorrow. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, All ask right. the doctor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell you what, we have to take a quick break. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, today is your day. Call in Ju- for Julie either at uh, 651-989-9226 or text 81807. And welcome back to CCO Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the uh, eight o'clock hour. Welcoming your calls or your text messages for Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M. Oh, yes, and somebody had a question, which I think is a good one, because <laughs> uh, when I did some night ones. school uh, at the U of M many years ago, uh, I got an extension bulletin to see w- w- oh, to, to look good. for the yeah. uh, that's when we were classes. the extension
0: service. But was why
1: uh, was that end of the U of M called
0: extension? Well, extension. I d- I don't know who came up with the term yeah. extension, but if you think about it, we are the extension of the University of Minnesota out into the rest of the state. and okay. nationally too, we also work a lot with other extension uh, extension people from uh, different universities, land grant universities, and and it's a. I like to I like to explain it to people in that respect that we are out we're bringing out. The research and the work our faculty are doing, and we're extending the university out into communities. That's a good way of putting it. I it like out. So I tell Master Gardeners that. I said you're our extension of extension because we can't be everywhere, and we have yeah. 2,300, 2,400 amazing Master Gardener volunteers who are out there bringing that uh, university information, research, and science-based information out to people in the communities to apply and showing them how to apply it in their yeah. life. It's not just telling people about it, but it's saying, and here's how you can use it. Because that's really the key to uh, a lot of that good research is how can you actually use it?
1: Not necessarily a lot, but are there usually uh, master gardeners at the Arboretum?
0: Yes, we have a desk called Let's Talk Plants, I think it's still called that. Okay. And uh, sometimes they, uh, it used to be the yard and garden desk. And people can go out there. I believe on it's on weekends. You can check that on the Arboretum website, though. And also take a look at your uh, your county extension webpage, and you'll find information and resources there on Master Gardeners in your county. Okay. They're in almost every county of Minnesota.
1: Excellent. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Julie, let's go back to the phones. Brent Great. is calling from uh, Roseville. Brent, you're on with Julie.
2: Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a, uh, a tropical hibiscus tree. It's about so six feet high, and I have it in the basement now. It's going in dormant stage. How much watering should I give that in the winter now?
0: I think if um, you can, you can actually keep it in, keep it growing in your house if you wish to. But if you want it to go dormant, maybe you don't have room or a, a good window for it. Um, you would just want to go down and probably water it uh, a little bit every. You know, check it every couple of weeks or so. There's really no no rule of thumb there except except to look at the plant and to just keep it a little bit moist give it a little bit so that the roots don't dry out
1: okay that's it you. thank you yeah okay, you very good thank you It's a sweet. great
0: winter plant is I it i love yeah hibiscus are beautiful
1: uh it seemed to me that when we tried doing that years ago, the outdoor plants you bring in, they seem to get bugs. Yes, yeah. Is that, is that an issue with them?
0: I'm glad you brought that up. Why is that? <laughs> because we have a new publication on managing oh, insect pests. I did not know plants. this now. This was not and, a setup. Yeah, this is on our website, and it's uh, on extension.umn.edu, <laughs> and you can go to the uh, yard and garden and down to House Plants and take a look at that. We just put it up this week, so Jeff Hahn and I, uh, worked on that, and it has great images to help people diagnose you know find out what they have going on and then also prevention ways to prevent these pests from getting there in the first place and also detection so how to actually detect those plant those pests on your plants so uh, take a look at that that's a great uh new publication I'm patting myself on the back when I say that because we we put a lot of hours into that publication so Take a look at that one for your houseplant pest issues.
1: Text number 81807. Let's go back to the text messages, Julie.
0: Okay, so somebody is asking Can I cut honeysuckle in the winter and treat the stumps in the spring? Uh, you want to cut those in the spring and treat them in the spring because you want that plant to be actively growing. Right now, it's too cold. And if you treat it with anything, it's just going to, that chemical is not going to be effective. So cut it and promptly treat it. And that's the same with buckthorn. Or any woody uh, invasive. Okay. Uh, can I trim my lilacs in the winter? I'm noticing them up to my house power line. Ooh. If they are growing into your power line, I would maybe contact your power company to come out and trim them. You don't want to be messing around Mm-mm. with power lines. Um, but if you can, if they're just getting close to that, then uh, and they're not touching that, then uh, you can trim them now. Except realize that you're not going to have any lilac flowers in the spring. Uh, lilacs need to be pruned about two weeks after, within two weeks after they bloom. Uh, after that, they start setting buds, for flower buds, for this coming spring. So if you don't care about that, if it's kind of like, I'm, I really need to prune these, I understand I'm not going to get flowers, yes, you can prune them now.
1: Okay. Uh, before we run out of time, let's go back to the phone. Susan is calling in from uh, Minneapolis. Thank you, Susan. What's your question?
0: Last
2: year, I purchased two small poinsettia plants, and I've managed to keep them alive for a year. Awesome. But I feel that they need to be transplanted into bigger pots. Okay. What's the care that I should be giving them?
0: Okay. So so, uh, you just need pots maybe a couple of inches larger. And uh, because you have two, it would be nice to have matching pots. They would look nice. Um, You can use plastic, you can use terracotta, you can use glazed ceramic, it's up to you. And uh, you can just use an all-purpose potting soil for that. So just, I would, you know, don't use some potting soil that you've kept Mm -hmm. outside, it'll be frozen, that'll be hard to work with. Um, But just go buy some new potting soil at your local garden center or hardware store and uh, pot them up and uh, make sure that your containers that you choose have good drainage. All right.
1: Very good. You got a text there. Thank you, Susan. For calling,
0: okay, great. Uh, would uh, now Bob and Hugo recommends pruning apples in February over March. Sometimes the leaves start to bud in March. That is true. I'm glad you brought that up, Bob, because we've had some pretty uh, tricky springs yeah. where we have had buds start to uh, the trees start to bud and these buds start to swell, and uh, and so uh, yeah, February is a good time. Also, pretty safe there. Okay. Um, I received an orchid for a gift. How should I be watering? It is quite large and in a small pot. How long should I keep it in this pot? Keep it in the pot. Uh, orchids do not uh, need to be restricted by the pot size. They'll oftentimes grow their roots outside the pot. And you should water that uh, probably uh, when it feels very light and it's quite and it's fairly dried out, the bark, and uh, set it in the sink. And this is a case where I would also recommend watering with distilled water, reverse osmosis water, uh, you don't want to be watering those with tap tap water and don't think they have to be wet. Uh, make sure that they set it in the sink, let it drain or or let it soak up some water, and then uh, uh, set it back in its location.
1: We have a couple of minutes to go Julie let's see who else we can help out here
0: oh let's see uh, the tap water always seems to dry out my Christmas trees if I buy spring water they don't dry out nearly as fast mm, so there's there you a go. good tip um. I have a Christmas cactus that I've had for eight years. How do I know when to repot it? It is getting big. A lot of times with houseplants, you can tell it's time to repot when the water, when it dries out very quickly, like within 24 hours, or that you water it and all the water is running out of the pot. None of it is being absorbed. That would be an indication that it's pot bound. We have a great Christmas cactus publication also that I wrote a couple of years ago. And uh, that talks also about repotting and about some potting mixes and, uh, and about how frequently to water that. They do not need water as often as you think. They're, a, they're like a succulent that, um, that they don't really want to be wet all the time. They want to be actually dried out a little bit. But if it's doing well and you're not having any issues with the watering, I would just leave it in that pot even though it is getting big.
1: Almost out of time. When, again, is the abider's next appearance? We are going
0: to be at New Year's Eve at Surfside Bar and Restaurant over in Mound. We're looking forward to that. It's in our backyard, practically. And uh, and I would encourage everybody who didn't get their questions answered, or if you have other questions, to contact your uh, uh, local master gardeners or go to our extension site at extension.umn.edu and check out that new managing Insect pests on indoor plants. There
1: is so much information on that get website. getting better every day. Every put day. more and more stuff up. We appreciate that. Well, Merry Christmas to Merry you guys. Christmas. It's good to see you again. When are we going to
0: see you again? See you on the 29th.
1: On the 29th, it is. Thank you very much, Julie. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.